right before he's about to kill baby Hitler, boom, Tilda Swinton, the ancient one, shows oh. up. Deadpool goes on a journey, kind of fixing all the plot holes and like mistakes made throughout the MCU. He's hired to kill all of the Spider-Man throughout the multiverses. Deadpool will be introduced into this universe in an attempt to kill Smart Hulk. Welcome back to New Rockstars. This is Rogue Theory. I'm Eric Voss, filling in for Philip this week as he hustles, I guess, to um, keep us all from starving. God bless that man. Don't worry, everything's fine. But he's just an angel and a saint, and we appreciate him. Uh, but as I take over for Rogue Theory this week, Deadpool is about to take over them. So you folks and going rogue with me on Deadpool remotely is Tommy Bechtold. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's the sound he makes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we also got Danielle Spiso here with us. Hi! Yay! Welcome back to the show. Thank you. Uh, I'm sorry, I, I still don't have my Wednesday Adams outfit, but... Uh, I know, I'll, Zach, I'll tried, to, Zach tried to trick me again and said it was also a costume episode, but... <laughs> I caught on this time. Fool me once. That's a deep cut for the lifelong uh, Rogue Theory (laughs) watchers. Okay, go back to like uh, uh, a mid-November episode. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. or why not watch all of our episodes of Rogue Theory (laughs) on repeat? Watch them over and over again. We won't mind. And uh, yes, we also have off-screen producer Zach Huddleston with us as well. Salutations, friends. I I normally introduce myself as the poor man's Tommy Bechtold, but... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the real Tommy Bechtold's here, so... <laughs> no, You no. can still be the poor man's Tommy <laughs> yeah, Bechtold. Okay. Yeah, okay. The rich man's Tommy Bechtold, if anything. <laughs> Tommy Bechtold with a little stimulus, huh? A little 1,200 Tommy Bechtold. <laughs> hey, you know, here at Rogue Theory, we don't discriminate against Prince Tommy's or Popper's Tommy's. <laughs> so we're going to all together go rogue on Deadpool. Here's the deal, folks. We know that Kevin Feige and the higher-ups at Disney, like Bob Iger, who's back in control of the studio, they're all very interested in a Deadpool MCU film. They're also willing to keep it R-rated. Some recent rumors are suggesting that Marvel might soft reboot the character with like a new Wade Wilson. Those aren't confirmed yet. So in this meantime, as we're all waiting to find out what happens, I want you three to pitch me the best way that Marvel can introduce Deadpool into the MCU. And let me just say, everyone is sounding crystal clear on my new (laughs) headphones sent to me by my friend Mark Anden, Bill's Mafia. Thank you, Mark. You are the man. Anyway, moving forward, Deadpool. How are you going to get into the universe? Well, he's got to fight a big guy, a jolly green giant, if you will. Deadpool will be introduced into this universe in an attempt to kill Smart Hulk. Now, how will he kill Smart Hulk? Let me get there, okay? Hulk cannot be killed. Deadpool regenerates. I mean, Hulk can, I mean, they, they think they figured out a couple ways to kill him in some offshoot comics, but Deadpool regenerates. I mean, they tried really hard at Deadpool 2 to kill him. He really wanted to die, and it didn't happen. So I think we're going to have the leader, Tim Blake Nelson's character from, uh, from, <laughs> from The Incredible Hulk. He's going to hire Wade Wilson, a.k.a. Deadpool, to kill uh, Smart Hulk. And they're going to fight. And a lot of stuff is going to get damaged, and a lot of stuff is going to get broken, and a lot of quippy one-liners, and a lot of, like, almost, um, what, what's the, like, Vin Diesel uh, from Fast and Furious, <laughs> or or Dave Bautista from Guardians-level Hulk comebacks that are kind sure. of just groans and, like, very simple, <laughs> like, completions of the joke punchlines are going to happen. But eventually, 
they're going to realize that they are being manipulated, or Wade is going to realize he's being manipulated and that the Hulk is not the threat that he thinks he is, and then they're going to team up, and it's going to be just like, you know, a knock him out uh, shooting down bad guys, uh, Fast and Furious-style team-up buddy movie that uh, will treat both audiences and the filmmakers to a delightful... Two-hour romp, I estimate, making $700 million in the box office. Uh, you know, that's exactly what the world is missing right now, another Fast and Furious movie. Thank you, Danielle. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. appreciate We were that. promised one. <laughs> I, we're owed one, guys. Let's get it going. The cherry on the top of this Sunday is that uh, when they finally do uh, realize that they're meant to be on the same side, Deadpool... Uh, joins the Avengers, thus weaving him into the Marvel uh, Cinematic Universe mm-hmm. as one of those, oh. like, we can pull you in when we need your help, uh, a la Spider-Man in Captain America Civil War. Um, Tommy, yes. uh, I don't have our supply of rogies on my end. Those are uh, in quarantine with Philip. But what I do have are Sparklebuck rogies, <laughs> which uh, have the currency exchange value of one-to-one. So I'm going to award you just for comparing your pitch to anything Fast and Furious related, you got me on board. Wow. I already take my money, Disney, wow. and you get one Sparkle Buck Rogi. Wow! Oh, it's a it's an owl puppet that I found. <laughs> it's an owl puppet that I think belonged to my brother when he went through a really big Harry Potter phase. Look at the head; it rotates full rotation. Whoa. Look at the wings. Look at Henry. Look at He's gone. We're remembering oh, no. it all over it's again. Rogi. He died just spoiler, like in the movies. Spoiler alert for Deathly Hallows. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. If you've seen Deathly Hallows, then you know. If you haven't, now you do know. There's no point in watching it. I love that movie. I, even if that's not Deadpool's introduction to the MCU, they need to make that happen at some point in Phase 4. Or phase yeah, four. I think it will take the fun of Thor Ragnarok when Thor and Hulk are fighting and multiply it by four or five. We've kind of we've seen a variation of this with Deadpool teaming up with Colossus, right? Like he works well with a big, strong guy, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who's who's not as verbose as him? All right, who's next? Uh, Well, I think that Deadpool. The only way they can really justify it is if they kind of weave in the multiverse, a la Spider Man. You know what I mean? Just because he doesn't, he hasn't existed. The only way they can make it make sense, if I mean. Sure, everyone will buy it if he just like in, like enters into the universe because now he's bought. But it, it would be really cool if he's out hired to kill all of the Spider-Man throughout the multiverses, and then he has a little soft spot for, for Miles Morales because who doesn't, you know? Oh, Ooh, I love it. So Deadpool is entering the Spider-Verse yes. uh, side of the multiverse yes. specifically. Okay, cool. Specifically, yeah. And that. cute little Miles Morales. I mean, I could see him and Deadpool having like a very hip, fun relationship. <laughs> fun relationship. <laughs> yeah. Who knows what that means. <laughs> Hello, fellow children. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I really don't buy that they're going to let it be R-rated. I mean, this is Disney mm-hmm. we're talking about, and they may say that they're going to let it be R-rated, but when was the last time Disney did an R-rated movie? They don't. Uh, and they even I, they even digitally covered up Daryl Hannah's butt from Splash when they put that they on did. Disney+. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty long hair. Wasn't the Hunchback they of Notre want- Dame rated R, or did I see a different version? <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, I saw the humpback of Notre Dame about Pornhub Premium account. Yeah. Right, right, right. right. Yes, definitely, okay. definitely. And so, and, and just real quick, Danielle, are you saying that Deadpool's going to show up animated or you, that Miles Morales is going to show up live action? Funny you say that. Last time I was on the show, I said that I really wanted there to be a Roger Rabbit style <laughs> <laughs> uh, Spider-Verse next Spider-Man movie so maybe this is it maybe oh, there's a little cartoon human action going on you know there's nothing yeah. wrong with that cartoon on human action Tommy loves cartoon human action <laughs> <laughs> that's really the only thing keeping yeah. me warm hey, these days <laughs> no kink shaming okay no kink shaming <laughs> Uh, Danielle, I think that's a great idea. I think uh, definitely pairing up Wade Wilson with Peter Parker. I mean, uh, Deadpool started in a way a kind of parody, like a, an adult version of a, of the Spider-Man character. His costume was inspired by Spider-Man. It was just like, what if Spider-Man was like a real asshole and was profane and meta, even more meta than he is? Uh, so, yeah, I think those two need to be in a movie together. And I hope that at some point Disney can just, like, buy all of Sony's Spider-Man properties so that we don't have to, like, think about what kind of weird arrangements they would need to make that happen. Yes. Um, who would be, like, behind... The, like, does Wade Wilson have an axe to grind against the Spider-Man? Is it out of jealousy? Or is he, like, hired because he's I a hitman? I feel like he's like, hired. You know, he's, like, a give-no-shits okay. kind of guy. Mm. And I feel like he's just... He's, like, a hitman kind of in my... like. He he teams up with sort of... I mean, I like the idea... This is also... I mean, this is like a little bonus idea, I guess. I like the idea of him being teaming up with, like, the people who didn't make the X-Men, the X-Force, mm. the whispers Ooh. of the X-Force, because they're kind of like the, the, like, not cool kids, the ones that weren't cool enough to make it in... You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love that. And I love bringing in some of these leftover people. Because we're supposed to get an X-Force movie. I think Drew Goddard was going to direct it. And then, you know, Disney bought out all of Fox's stuff, so that got shelved. So to bring in that piece of it and to put Spider-Man in a movie with Deadpool, you're getting two Sparkle Buck That's so lucky because mine turned into gloves. And what's good? One glove without another one, you know? That's true. <laughs> yeah. That's true. <laughs> you need two gloves because you're going to grab some of them with the wrong hand and the wrong thing with the wrong hand. Zach, hit us with your theory. Okay, here's here's my theory, and I think it's kind of like Deadpool works his way into the MCU by going meta, right? And so, okay. you know, the first Deadpool movie was kind of like a meta commentary on superhero movies. The second Deadpool movie was kind of a meta commentary on sequels, right? And kind of the tropes right. and traps of being in a sequel. Mm -hmm. So I think this is going to kind of be a meta commentary on, like, broad cinematic universes, Right. So as okay. Deadpool comes into the MCU, he comments on the MCU. And so Deadpool 2 ended with him kind of doing all the time travel, you know, killing himself before he did Green Lantern or yeah, Green Lantern and killing himself before the bad uh, Deadpool version and Wolverine Origins. So I think like that continues right before he's about to kill baby Hitler. Boom. Tilda Swinton, the ancient one, shows oh. up. Okay, and it's like, oh, okay. Wade Wilson, there's some other problems we need you to correct, right? And then Deadpool goes on a journey kind of fixing all the plot holes and, like, mistakes made throughout the MCU, <laughs> right? So, like, you know, going back and, like, all the weird retcons that the MCU has had to do, like, oh, that was an Infinity Stone the whole time, or, like... No, mm -hmm. you know, ignore this version of time travel because we got this version of time travel or all of that. Like he can go in, wink to the audience, right? The whole time he's not only like fixing these problems 
in the MCU, he's also like inserting himself in the MCU, right? Like you go to the background of like, um, you know, the New York battle from Avengers one and like you pan down to the street and like, you know, um, Deadpool's trying to finish his Monte Cristo sandwich or whatever. Right. <laughs> while the, while I was the, there the whole time. Yes. Right. And he, he literally can be, it's like, he's physically retconning himself into the MCU. I love it. I love it. Love it. I do love that. It reminds me of like what I, I loved Avengers Endgame, obviously, but like, they, I feel like the second act of that movie could have blown out the world of the past MCU even more than they did. I get it. It needs to be more than just a time travel movie. But, like, this kind of sounds like exactly what, like, the fanboy in me wanted Avengers Endgame to entirely be just, like, a Back to the Future 2 style thing for three hours. Yeah. And, and you could see, like, you've covered it a lot, Eric, that, like, Marvel's going to be playing more with this time travel stuff with the Loki series and, like... Obviously, we're getting into the multiverse. It's also, like, it's such a thing in comics for them to have, like, meta kind of comics, right? Like, the whole, like, Spider-Ham right. universe and, like, the, you know, like, Marvel got to a place where it was very kind of commenting on itself constantly. And that's kind of, like, the fun of Deadpool, if he comments on the tropes of superhero movies and like this totally lets you do that right like and you can get a robert downey jr cameo which is what we all want that's what we all want yes i mean it's great and even if they can't get the actors themselves they have so much footage from like lola vfx where they can just like drag and drop them in there drag and drop them in there they get body doubles to stand in like they can Kevin Feige can just make an entire movie based off of existing footage from all of these characters and not have to hire anyone. Just pay them a, appearance fees or whatever. Yes, and that and that movie will make one billion dollars. Outgrossing my movie, which is only going to make seven hundred million. <laughs> is, that, is that Humpback Two or Turn to Notre Dame? <laughs> no, that's uh, the Little Spermaid, which is a spiritual sequel to Ass Latin. Uh, well, and, and you're still working on the script for Loin King, right? <laughs> yes, Loin, Loin King comes right after Poker Haunches. It's going to be. <laughs> it's going to be great. We're going to do all of it. The spirit of Deadpool is very much alive yeah. in this episode right now. All right, I got to put an end to this uh, to this pitch contest. Uh, Zach, you did a great job, uh, especially for parodying Avengers Endgame, a wonderful film that probably took itself a bit too seriously, if you ask me. And for that, you get two Sparkle Buck Brogies. Well, those, those, those turned into, I only own like 14 books, but that turned into um, Easy Riders yeah. and Raging Bull. Yes. This is a definitive book, book on 70s That's a cinema. great book. And um, uh, improvise scene from the Inside Out, McNapier's oh, book. I've only read two thirds yes. of it, but it's great. Yeah, hey. hey, it might be one of the few improv theaters in this country to survive this. <laughs> oh, <laughs> topical. All right, give me these Deadpool theories in a tweet. Hulk killed by Deadpool? Not cool. I don't like it. I want to see a team up between these two dreams, pups. <laughs> Deadpool and Hulk. I'd buy it in bulk because I want a lot of it. That's such a long tweet. It's a hundred. It. It's a, it's a thousand characters. <laughs> All right, Danielle. All right, here's my tweet. Hashtag Deadpool into the hashtag Spider Verse question mark. Ooh. Question mark. Question mark. Question mark. <laughs> and it gets what? smaller and smaller and smaller. <laughs> what? And then I would attach a picture of me like this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs>
Uh, okay, <laughs> mine mine's gonna be the, in the style of like a 1950s variety headline. Um, uh, uh, <laughs> m- mucho Merc with a mouth uh, marauds into MCU. M- much meta ensues. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Uh, let us know in the comments which of these theories for Deadpool you like the best and want to see the most in the MCU. Or if you like all three of them, which order you want to see Kevin Feige make these movies. Those of you watching this know that like now you're living your entire life online and you're getting all your content from different digital streaming platforms. And, and now that all of our lives have to be online, it's more important, at least for me than ever, to like protect yourself online, protecting your identity, um, having the kind of access that we all should have no matter where we are. Well, thanks to ExpressVPN for sponsoring this episode. ExpressVPN protects your privacy and security online, but it can also help unlock movies and shows that are only available in certain countries. Like, weirdly, Rick and Morty is on Netflix in France. Uh, Star Trek Discovery is on Netflix in the UK. You can't watch either of those shows. Lots of other shows on just regular old USA Netflix. And those of you living in the UK or in other countries probably know that there's like certain things you can't access based off of where you are. Well, ExpressVPN cuts right through that. You just fire up the ExpressVPN app and you change your location. You refresh Netflix or Hulu, whatever streaming service you're using. And you watch whatever you want regardless of where you live, which is how the internet should be. ExpressVPN hides your IP address and lets you control where you want sites to think you're located, and you can choose from almost 100 different countries. There are hundreds of VPNs out there. I use ExpressVPN because it is ridiculously fast. There's never any buffering or lag, and you can stream in HD without problems. ExpressVPN is compatible with all your devices, phones, media consoles, smart TVs, and more, so you can watch what you want on a personal device or on the big screen, wherever you are. If you visit my special link right now at expressvpn.com rogue, you can get an extra three months free of ExpressVPN. Support the show, watch what you want, protect yourself with ExpressVPN at expressvpn.com rogue. Okay, also, every week, those of you on our Discord know that we play a game of Rogue Theory, specifically with our patrons on New Rockstar's official Discord. This week, we had three selected patrons pitch their plot for the upcoming The Batman film with Robert Pattinson, directed by Matt Reeves. Some really, really great ideas were pitched. Vinla and Damn Wig had some great theories, but the winner was Quizno! Well done, my friend. Quizno wove Gotham nightclubs and politics, the Riddler, the Penguin, Catwoman, Harvey Dent, all together in a really fun noir story. It's kind of like L.A. Confidential, but for Batman. Like, there was a whole uh, mayoral race between Thomas Wayne and Oswald Cobblepot where uh, uh, Thomas Wayne was assassinated, then Oswald won, but then was like uh, recalled after a week due to corruption. And then now uh, Batman, 12 years later, is like going through the nightclub scene to try to bring down uh, the Penguin and his revenge story. Uh, what do you guys think of this? I thought it was great. I'm like a big fan of like Chinatown and and uh, LA Confidential and all those kind of like weird twisty noir stories. And like, that, that's why I, I really liked uh, Quizno's theory, especially because like, I don't know if we've seen like a, a Batman movie that's like such an ensemble piece, right? Where like so many yeah. moving yeah. parts. First of all, Quizno, big fan of your sandwiches. Uh, <laughs> second of all, big fan of your theories. I love anything that involves a nightclub. That opens us up to maybe some Joel Schumacher neon Batman tie-ins again. I would love to see some club kids with glow sticks, you know, hopped up on Molly, drinking water, kissing each other, rubbing each other down, you know? That's the type of Batman I'd love to see. I love a noir Batman. I think that's very... And I feel like it's also very hip right now to have, like, 
assorted election. <laughs> Corrupt elections are so in right now. <laughs> <laughs> so in. I mean, you're not wrong. Look, the the Dark Knight had that ad campaign where like I support Harvey Dent, right? They had the buttons, mm-hmm. and then like the movie began with him having already won. But like the that whole lead in, that whole like meta narrative that led into the movie was also super interesting. I would love to see like an election go down totally. in, in Gotham. Mm-hmm. All right, speaking of the Batman, the director of that movie, Matt Reeves, did an interview this week where he was asked if the world still needed a billionaire Batman. Mm-hmm. Now he said yes, but it did get us thinking about whether Bruce Wayne's insane wealth is really a necessary part of the Batman character and if Batman could work without the billions. There have been some comic stories where Batman was not rich, but every movie version we've seen of him so far, he's had basically unlimited resources, which, not saying he, you know, doesn't deserve it or he doesn't use it wisely. It's just like, is there a version of Batman that's relatable to us in our financial struggles? I want to hear from you guys. Pitch me a Batman movie in which Bruce Wayne does not get to use his wealth. Okay, I found a loophole. I have a little bit of a loophole here. Mm. Everyday guy, everyday Joe, living his life in, you know, bum Arizona. <laughs> Let's put him in Arizona. And he, and, and he wins the lottery. That's relatable. It's like something that anyone can dream of, at least. that like More relatable than, like, uh, inheriting billions. Exactly. Sure. Like, it's something that seems more realistic than inheriting billions of dollars. And uh-huh. who wouldn't? win the lottery, and then decide to become Batman. I mean, a lot of people, a lot of, no one has ever done that. Sure, I could, say, yeah, probably a lot. Yeah, a lot, of, okay, a lot of people. But this guy, in this universe, yeah. he wins millions, he buys himself up, let's say billions. The lottery was up there, like, last year, right? Sometimes. Builds up Batmobile, learns some karate skills, he's Batman. And you don't you don't hate him for having all that money. You know what's interesting is I've always found this interesting about the lottery. They have this big event where the person like uh, reveals themselves. Mm-hmm. Like way to put a target on your back amongst all your crazy relatives <laughs> and everyone who went to grade school and high school with you. They're all going to be finding you and like if they know where you live, they're going to murder you or you're going to blackmail you to steal Ooh. your money. Don't if I won, I would never out myself. I would just be like, "Give me the check, please. Thank you." Thank you. Right. And then I would not let them take pictures of me with a big check. No. So this could be how he responds yes. to that. He's like, "All right, come at me. I'm Batman." You can't get and, murdered and, if you're Batman. And he has to he has to become Batman to protect himself from all those kids exactly. he went to grade school with or whatever. Yeah. Uh, Danielle, what was he doing before he won the lottery? Like what was he a heroic person at all or was it just money that made him decide to be Batman? You know, some people might call it a hero, but I think he was a true crime podcaster. You know, already has Ooh, a taste. Yes. Yeah. Already has a taste for solving crimes, just no skills or money to do it. Everyone who listens to true crime podcasts, like deep down, wants to be Batman. Yeah. Yes. Eric, if you won yeah. a million, couple million dollars, wouldn't you secretly become Batman? No, I'd buy a boat. <laughs> <laughs> That's the Florida boy well, he, in you. <laughs> exactly. See, some of us are from Florida, and we've seen people in Florida win the lottery, and they do become a type of vigilante. <laughs> it just means they buy a bunch of guns and shoot people in their neighborhood. Yeah. Hell yeah. yeah. And they get arrested. Yeah. Gotta love yeah. my hometown. <laughs> All right, uh, I'm going to give you another Sparklebuck Rogie for that Yay! theory, because it Whoa. reminded me of Florida. What am I going to do with this other glove? <laughs> I only have two hands. Hope you better win another one, <laughs> so you can go outside twice. All right, who's next? Okay, I, I have I have an idea here. So, like, I my concept 
Batman starts the way we've always seen him. Bruce Wayne is a, an heir to a fortune, runs a company, has a lot of wealth. But uh, a problem arises in Gotham. All of the kids, maybe everybody under 16, is falling ill. Okay? Some some kind of crazy, you know, it's like reverse corona where the young people are are the ones who are susceptible. And and Bruce Wayne funnels all of his wealth, all of his resources into trying to find a cure and literally spends all his money, a la a, a Bill Gates or whatever, who puts a lot of money into trying to cure diseases. And he, as he's like exhausted all of his resources and he's basically broke, but of course it's like, it's his hero ethos, right? He has to save these people. Boom, of course it comes yeah. out, there's a joker, started this disease. Okay, to, to wipe out kids, it's the like no more laughter disease or whatever. Okay, yeah. and as he's sure. like drained Batman, right? Uh, Batman comes and like, you know, beats the devil out of him. Uh, you know, Joker's just about to die when he reveals that like the cure is in his blood or something like that. So you have to keep me alive, you know, da da da. But like, we get, I, I do love the idea of like Batman with like less money. Makes him, you said it, relatable, Eric, but also, like, it adds stakes. Like, every time he crashes sure. the Batmobile, he's going to be like, oh, man, my insurance premiums That's are going to go up. You me. know? Like, yeah. <laughs> don't These ask me how I custom. know this, but uh, just so you know, you don't have to keep someone alive to keep their blood. So. Oh. Ooh. <laughs> I don't, yeah, I don't want to know how you know that. But don't you have to, like, um, I don't know, sometimes to get enough blood to make enough samples, maybe, uh, to maybe. mass produce, you have to keep them alive? You just got to keep them in a coma. <laughs> All right, we're learning some dark things about Daniel today. <laughs> like a, like a Fury now. Road blood boy or whatever. We yeah, just got a Joker blood boy and, yeah. I've done that. Joker blood boy. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great way to spend a weekend. <laughs> Get a little cutie pie on a on one of those portable hangers and just drag around, drain their blood all weekend. You yeah. feel like a king. Tommy, have you been a blood boy for someone before? I've both given and received blood. Yes, I believe blood is a full circle. It's a circle of life that that moves us all. All right, Zach. For your theory, what what, what I like about your theory is it's a uh, it's dealing with like a public health crisis, mm. which. I mean, not only is it relevant for our current situation, but, like, most people don't, you know, really feel the consequences of their financial hardship until there's some kind of illness or injury mm. that realizes, oh, I'm not protected at all. I don't have insurance. So, like, more people go bankrupt from, like, not being able to pay their health care or having some kind of illness than anything else. So that's what I think is, is super interesting to go the health angle. So for that, I'm going to give you another sparkle. Oh, buck look, that became... Um Storyteller, the Roald Dahl biography. Wow. That, is, that's a big book. I know. I haven't. I've, I'm like 10 pages in. I probably always will be. All right, Tommy, what's your Batman theory? Okay. So my theory is uh, it's a quiet time in Gotham. So uh, Bruce Wayne is actually taking more of a uh, uh, visual role at Wayne Enterprises uh, and also still selling the image of himself as billionaire, playboy, obnoxious, alcoholic, reckless. Uh, his behavior begins to disenfranchise a young accountant at Wayne Enterprises, who uh, is a uh, master of math and, and, and statistics and probability, a young Nathan Silver, if you will. He deduces that uh, Bruce Wayne is Batman uh, without any beyond, like he figures out, he figures out with an equation a la Mark uh, Zuckerberg at the window on, in uh, Social Network. 
uh, that that makes it uh, irrefutable that Bruce Wayne is Batman, and he threatens to go public with that information unless Bruce Wayne uh, liquidates through bad investments his fortune. Now, this man is he's more of a like altruistic, not altruistic, but like a he he's an eco terrorist. He doesn't want anything for his own gain. He wants to see a billionaire fall to his knees. So he forces Bat Bruce Wayne to make uh, a series of bad investments that he's also figured out through probability, kind of like the computer in Westworld this season that can kind of predict the market and, and actually control the market. Sure. He's kind of using technology similar to that to to convince or to figure out uh, what, how uh, Bruce Wayne can make these investments and basically sink the company, drive them out of business. So that happens. We cut to five years later. Bruce Wayne is now... Uh, bro- a broken man. He has nothing. He has some, f- some physical assets left. He has no liquid cash. He is literally solving crimes in the joke manner mentioned in The Dark Knight. He's wearing hockey pads as he is fighting. <laughs> like he is, he has. I, I know it sounds funny, but I mean, literally, he has to figure out a way to still continue to uh, serve this 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 duty he feels he has to this city uh, mm. to save the people of Gotham with uh, with meager limited resources and the help of you know the, the people that were once below him and dedicated servants and you know like Lucius Fox and Alfred are now actually more wealthy than him and they can only help so much you know the way that if you have a relative who's you know wealthy but not rich they can send you fifty dollars for your birthday but they can't pay for your college you know so. Uh, so it's yeah. basically a uh, a story of uh, of a man who's lost it all, trying to find the rich that comes within the satisfaction of a hard day's work. <laughs> the stock markets aren't going so well for you right now, Tommy. <laughs> I've never had enough money to invest, Danielle, but thank you for assuming that. I appreciate that very much. I did have a savings bond. I cashed out three years early uh, for pennies on the dollar. Uh, so, uh, Tommy, you know, you kind of bring up that subplot in uh, in The Dark Knight Rises, you know, where Bane was kind of this Dickensian class warrior, mm-hmm. where he uh, he hit uh, Bruce Wayne at his at his stock uh, value or whatever. Yeah. And the way he hit him in that movie makes no sense in the real world. Like mm-hmm. you would have certain like protections right. if someone tried to like form a heist. In, in Wall Street, yes. they, you can't hit someone that way. No. But to like a long, you know, death by a thousand cuts, forcing him to make bad investments yeah. and slowly chiseling, you found like a good rewrite of that weird Bane subplot in Dark Knight Rises. I think that's kind of what the seed for that idea was. Was like, what if we made that a little more plausible? So this guy's less of a Robin Hood and more of just like wants to see the world burn. Yeah, he's guy. a Joker almost. Maybe he is the Ooh. Joker. Maybe yeah. he's the son of the Joker. Maybe he's uh, maybe he's the daughter of the Joker. Ooh. Wow, wouldn't that be oh. some interesting stuff right there? <laughs> All right, moving along. <laughs> you don't move it along. Oh, I move it along. Uh, but I will move it along with the rewarding of a uh, sparkle rogi buck. Oh, for thank you, you. Oh my gosh, it's a strange music box of mice around a sewing machine I found in my room, and it plays oh. this song. Can you hear it? It's delightful. Oh, we can hear it. I'll hear it through my dreams Yeah, tonight. we're definitely all cursed now. They're working hard and Does they that... don't make any money. These mice are our slaves. <laughs> Do they come to life at nighttime? You'll they never come, know. They come to life and death. Sorry, I gotta speed it through oh. again. Because I wound it too tight. 
All right, give it back to me in a tweet. Uh... <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Rags to riches Batman. Batman wins the lottery. Uses it to buy a Batmobile in stuff. The end, you know, to save on characters. Mm. Hashtag every man. Yes. <laughs> and then I'm going to use the emoji, the dollar sign, and then the winky face. I I love that tweet because I feel like out of context, people would be like, wait, Batman won the lottery? <laughs> <laughs> every man? That guy gets everything. It'd be like one of these things where it's like everyone on Twitter would be like, f*** you. As you can tell by my 36 followers, I'm very good at Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> we'll get you more from this episode. Yes. Um, uh, okay, so my tweet would be, um, while... Batman bleeds himself dry to save Gotham's kids. In the end, he has to bleed Joker dry. Wow. Hashtag blood stuff. Hashtag Batman. Yes. Hashtag yes. Joker. Hashtag 2024. All right, Tommy. Bruce Wayne broke? That's a joke. Unless it's not. It's all part of an evil plot from a new accountant. Reaching into the fountain of Bruce Wayne's riches. And that's all, bitches. It rhymed? It always wow. rhymes, I guess it rhymes if you make up words like fountain. <laughs> <laughs> and I do. And I do. Wow, what a limerick. All right, now we have time for a few rogue questions. Yay. Are you guys ready? Yeah. Yes. Twitter user Dinosaur Dracula got a lot of attention last week when he opened up a 25-year-old can of Spider-Man Chef Boyardee, <laughs> and it had turned into a dusty brick. Mm. <laughs> oh, I love this. Mm. What food from your childhood would you risk certain deaths to try again? Uh, I'll start. I, I was a huge fan of Surge Cola yes. as yes. a tween, and I'm sure there are uh, parts of me that will never be the same because of how mm. much Surge Cola I drank mm. <laughs> as a youth. It was like it was pitched as like a, a more a hardcore Mountain Dew, and this this mm -hmm. little dude really enjoyed it. <laughs> Mine, mine would be Dunkaroos. Yes, oh. you know those would never go bad either. I could crack open one of those babies the icing would still be smooth that's what I think yeah uh, for me I went to rehab for fun dip uh, and I think that that little like where you dip the foot into the dust oh, yeah. I was freebase of that and uh, I would chase it with Jolt Cola and I don't know if you remember but Jolt Cola's brag was that they had ten times the caffeine of regular cola <laughs> So much <laughs> like a, a child. Yeah. It's uh it's crazy that I've uh struggled with uppers my whole life. If you think about it, Fundip is kind of like the ultimate gateway drug. Yeah. It's like we were yeah. giving kids powders yeah. way too early. But if you yeah. ever snort it, God does it hurt. So I don't recommend that. <laughs> Just eat it normal if you find a fun dip. Just eat it eat, eat it normally off of the sweet tart shaped like a foot. Okay? Like any other normal. Right, person. eat it normally. Boil it in a spoon. <laughs> put, put a syringe. Find a vein. Mainline it. Yeah. yeah. We know how to eat fun dip. <laughs> Next question. This week was April 20th for mm. 20. Yep. Mm. What? Mm. <laughs> Who's your favorite pop culture character that isn't publicly a stoner, but is definitely a stoner? Daniel Tiger. Daniel Tiger from <laughs> Daniel Tiger's Playhouse. He doesn't have a job. He lives in a treehouse. He speaks in kind of a hepcat language where he replaces regular words with meows. Uh, you know, it's not obvious. Isn't he to six? The, 
I mean, he's been around since the seventies. So I mean, he's like he, like the same way Bart Simpson is eleven or ten. Or <laughs> Daniel Tiger is probably one hundred and eighty five for all we know, and he's getting lifted up in that tree. Okay. <laughs> uh, I, I think mine is definitely Michelangelo mm. of the ninja yeah, of the Ninja Turtle variety, not the because painter. he's like <laughs> not the painter, but also probably the painter. Mm. Um, yeah, he's like I mean they all love pizza, but he loves lots of snacks, and he's just so goofy. Even in stressful fighting situations, he's just making up goofs and not really paying attention. Mm. And he always is the one that comes up with the wrong catch phrase word you know they're like tubular excellent and then he says some random word. so yeah that's that's yep. the mind of a stoner yeah. that or <laughs> yeah. some other sort of mind-altering drugs. Maybe see, yeah. but that's a theme see both danielle and i agree stoners make up words that don't exist <laughs> yeah right? uh, well in keeping it. with that theme my pick is going to be groot okay oh uh, yeah from the guardians of the galaxy because not only i mean he is a plant Right. So we don't know his exact cell structure. There could be some uh, cannabinoids, THC, uh, CBD flowing through. We know like he kind of can shoot off like little things that look like embers as if maybe mm-hmm. he's almost smoking himself. I mean, you know, that tree smokes trees. Come on. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And he's like that kind of stoned where you only can say like the one thing over and over again. Yeah. <laughs> the worst kind of stoned. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, for Michelangelo, Daniel, I give you one of these because uh, I believe that um, you have to be stoned to eat pizza that is clearly that hot and melty and not really react mm. to it. That's true. Yeah. Um, all right. And final question. Tiger King finally got bumped from the top of Netflix's top ten for the first time in a month by Despicable Me. So I want you guys to give me your best impression of Joe Exotic threatening the minions. <laughs> Kevin minion you think you can come over here and get at me and my tigers well let me tell you something bob let me tell you something Stuart. when you watch pornos do you like the little bitty penis or the big penis well then you ain't that straight are you I saw tiger now alright who's next now you listen here, you little yellow turd-looking <laughs> tiny banana eaters. Karma's a bitch, and so are the explosives I've got in the back of my truck. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. We're, we might need to edit mine in first because it'll be the weakest, and there's no way I can follow these people. No, um, no. Uh, okay, so mine's going to be like, hey, um... You, the one with the one eye. <laughs> okay, I'm going to come get you just like Carol Baskin, all right? And I know you killed your, your minion wife, okay, and buried her on your property. Okay, and then he shoots a gun indoors. Yes. Spot on. Yes. Spot on. Perfect. Okay, um, I'm going to award all three of you a rogie. Yay! Uh, Sparkle Buck. Mine came back uh, as this scary football player Ghostbuster with a football <laughs> for a tongue. There, you can see that's now. great. Yeah. Yeah. My, mine oh, turned into Michael Shabon's Moon Glow. Another book I haven't hey, finished. That is a good book. <laughs> Ooh! I can leave my house twice now. Hey. <laughs> I never got to use. Okay, this. so let's um. 
I didn't get to use it because I didn't do good enough to get enough rogies, so I just wanted to... No, no, you didn't. Uh, you didn't next time, maybe. But I was very disappointed. <laughs> okay, let's... Uh, let's. Get, how much rogies do we have? Let's break it down. I think I have, to, by far the least, I only have three. I have four. Okay. I have four as well. Whoa! Oh! Okay, so... Um, whoever can do the best minion response to Joe Exotic gets the win. Banana! <laughs> Mimu, Mimu! Uh, I didn't kill my wife! Mimu, Mimu! I do know they say banana, right? so Danielle gets yeah. the win! Yeah. Yeah. Definitely say banana! Banana! <laughs> All right, so, Danielle, do you have a wish, something that you can force uh, your co-contestants to do uh, as uh, is your winning privilege? Um, I wish that they would do a cover of one of Joe Exotic's songs. <laughs> From the top, three, two, one. I saw Tiger, now I understand. <laughs> I saw Tiger, and Tiger saw a man. Well, I'm a big gay Tiger fan. I do whatever a tiger can. I scratch and I claw. I eat little baby cubs. That's it. That's the song. Wow. All right, great. Yes, well done. Uh, Well, that is it for this episode of Rogue Theory. Thanks to our guests, uh, Tommy and Danielle and Zach, you all three of you are wonderful. Give yourselves a round of applause. Good job, guys. Uh, and Philip should be back next week. This is not a permanent thing. Uh, he's so much better at this than I am. I'm happy just to get back to my other toiling that I normally do. Uh, don't forget to subscribe to the Rogue Theory podcast feed and stay tuned to the YouTube channel for this and plenty of other shows. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at EA Voss and of course follow New Rockstars. Try to get that crazy nightmare music out of your head. And uh, we'll see you next week. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye.